Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season six, episode three of The Vampire Diaries, which is called Welcome to Paradise. I don't know whose paradise we're at, but, you know, I'm having a lot of fun with this season already. We had a new character who has been hotly anticipated. And some other new characters who you didn't know anything about. Jay and Liam. And in a way, they are just as exciting as the introduction of Kai. In a way. (laughs) And, you know, Stefan is on some bullshit. I thought he was holier than thou in season one. It's a hard week to be a Stefan girly. I'll say that. Um, I'm not going to spend most of my time defending him because I just simply can't. Because I may be a Stefan girly, but above that, I am a Caroline girly. Yeah. If he harms Caroline, he harms me. That's my bestie. If he harms Caroline, he can fucking die, as far as I'm concerned. And if he's in his hater era, I just need him to pull it together. He's a lover, not a fighter. He's got to get over hating Enzo. It's just so obnoxiously unnecessary. There is something about Enzo he just really can't shake. Like, everyone else, he gets past hating them. I mean, he hated Klaus less than he hates Enzo. And Klaus literally killed his girlfriend. <laughs> well, okay, but it's different. <laughs> but it's it's clear at this point, Enzo is reminding him of Damon and pissing him off. And that combo, it's it's pissing him off. <laughs> He wants him off this earth, that's for sure. And now Enzo's getting close to Caroline. Yeah, which is even worse. (laughs) Because not only is now Enzo reminding him of his brother and pissing him off, he's being a better friend to Stefan's friends. Yeah. And although Stefan is trying to put distance between his friends, he's like, "Mm, those are my friends. He's like, well, even though I don't want to be friends with you guys right now, you still should be chasing me down. He doesn't want them to replace him with Enzo. He's like, really? He's like, Enzo? It's hard for him. And, you know, he's going through it. He's going through it. I respect that. But but still, Stefan, please. Stefan, you know, I have to get on a mic and defend you, right? This is like how I feel right now is how you felt after Damien killed Jeremy. You're like, oh, boy. I said, okay, so I'm going to figure this one out. Uh, Why was that okay? How am I going (laughs) to support this one? Yeah. A lot to talk about this episode. But before we get into any of it, here's a quick ad. I will start, as always, by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. In an attempt to bring some fun back into their lives, Elena persuades Caroline to meet her at the swimming hole where she plans to introduce her to Liam. Tyler, still working on controlling his anger issues, asks Liv for a favor and is surprised when she makes an unexpected confession. Yawn. Not unexpected at all. The most boring confession she could have made. Yeah. Stefan arrives back in Mystic Falls looking for Enzo and is caught off guard when he notices a strange change in Elena, even though she literally called him to ask if this was okay, whatever. Meanwhile, at the lake, Enzo's actions cause Matt to make a startling revelation, and Jeremy makes a discovery about the anti-magic spell that could potentially put Elena's life in danger. Elsewhere, Damon and Bonnie stumble upon clues that lead them to believe they're not alone. The clues being a person they meet. Yeah. But okay. There are some clues leading up to it, but there's a pretty big clue, a.k.a. the person crunching away on pork rinds. Yeah, a.k.a. Kai eating a bag of pork rinds. That's a pretty big clue. <laughs> yeah, it's a dead giveaway, some might say. <laughs> we start the episode in the auto shop in Savannah, Georgia. Stefan drives up in his little red car, and Dean, his boss, and you know, rolls out and says, not a parking lot, kid. Looks an awful lot like it. <laughs> then why are all these cars parked here? Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> Stefan says, well, I'm not here to work. I need a few days off. And Dean says, well, it looks like I need a new mechanic. You can't replace him that fast. Yeah, but whatever. Stefan pulls Dean out on his little skateboard that he goes under the cars on, whatever it's called, and says, I said, I need a few days off. And Dean says, are you slow? Let me simplify. Stay and keep the job or leave and lose it. What exactly is Dean offering to his employees that he thinks he can talk to them this way? You know, this is a, a mechanic shop, right? Like, I think I can find another job probably within a couple miles. Like, I don't work for Google. It's not like... It's like when, you know, those pictures go around the internet of like restaurants being like, you need to come in today or you're fired. And it's like, we work at an Applebee's. Like, it cannot possibly be that serious. And if I'm fired, oh no. I hope I find another restaurant who needs a waiter. Yeah, I think I'll be fine. Yeah, I think I can figure this one out, buddy. (laughs) Also, I have a logging fortune. that yes, I'm ignoring because I hate all my friends so goddamn much. Or I could compel people to get money, but for some reason I'm working a job. Doesn't make any sense to me. I've said it. (laughs) Either way, the money's not a concern for me. (laughs) Yeah. Stefan picks Dean up off the ground by his collar. And Dean says, how are you so strong? Stefan says, you hired a vampire. Next time, do a background check. Wouldn't come up. Yeah. Funny bit, but, you know, not really useful advice. Yeah. And then Stefan compels Dean, says, shut up, don't move. You have no idea how long I've wanted to do that. Then he goes on to explain, you know, his reasoning to Dean. He says, see, I was trying to get a fresh start, live a normal life with a normal job, normal dick of a boss. That's you, by the way. This place was supposed to be my sanctuary, and it was until yesterday. Come with me. They go to his car. Stefan opens the trunk, and Ivy's dead body is there. Stefan says, that is my girlfriend, Ivy. Somebody killed her last night right in front of me, so now I need to go back home, the last place on this planet I want to be, find him, and kill him. Then he closes the trunk and says, like I said, I need a few days off. Dean says, you should take a few days off. And Stefan says, thanks, buddy. I will. Now, I need you to drive my car into the woods. You're going to bury my girlfriend and forget this ever happened. And when I get back, you're giving me a raise. Dean nods. I love the way they're always like holding on to these bodies for like a day before they bury them. It's like, guys, do it the night they die. At this point, they're just stiff. It's harder to bury. He didn't want to have to drive while he was drunk last night because he drank a lot of wine. And he certainly can't bury this girl on the property of his house. Why not? I guess I was going to say, what if she gets dug up and the police come talking? But then I guess he could compel them. Yeah. And who says this house is under his name? That's true, actually. I mean, but smart of him to not drive drunk. I'll give him that. I think it's honestly because they're like, look, they are really dead. We brought them in this new episode to show you they're dead. So you guys don't have to worry about this one. It was the same with Aaron Whitmore. (laughs) Yeah. They said, don't worry about Aaron Whitmore, don't worry about Ivy coming back. They're dead. Here's the body again in case you forgot. Yeah, in case you guys are all getting crazy with your conspiracy theories because we know we did just bring like 50 people back from the dead. So it's a reasonable thought process, but we're done with that now. Don't get used to that. (laughs) We go over to Whitmore. Caroline is in Elena's dorm and she's looking at like a graduation photo of her, Elena, and Bonnie. Elena comes in with coffee and says, okay, so I volunteer at the hospital till like two. Then we can carpool to the party at the swimming hole. And then she sees that Caroline is like packing up and she says, "Mm, normally when you move back in, you unpack. And Caroline, by the way, never said she was moving back in. 
Yeah. She says, look, I'm not staying. Last night was a momentary moment of weakness. And Elena says, momentary moment? Are you sure you don't want to come back to school? Shut up. Bitch, fucking clean a bedpan, okay? Yeah. She's pissing me off. Elena says, needing your friends isn't a weakness, momentary or otherwise. Elena, this episode, I mean, obviously she's pissing us all off this episode, but she loves to be like giving this kind of advice. Like you can get through anything. And it's like, Elena, you literally could not get through shit, but you can't say like, you don't have any right to say that to me because she forgot everything. She literally has no idea how rude that is to say coming from her. I do think a lot of people are already turned against Elena at this point, fans of the show. Once she loses these Damon memories, and she keeps doing shit like this, by the way. She will keep doing, like, you can get through anything. Her. <laughs> As though she's ever handled anything well. Yes. Girl, I can't say it enough. You burn down your own house. She's like, take it from me. It gets better. And it's like, bitch, it doesn't look like it has ever gotten better for you. And bitch, it didn't get better for you. You chose to forget things. You chose to actively not deal with things. Yeah. It's really hard to be on Elena's side for much of this arc. And don't get me wrong, like, all love, maybe I would do the same thing if I had the opportunity. I get she's hurt, but she keeps saying shit to Caroline. Because whenever she's in a good mood, she loves to put Caroline down. Mm -hmm. And it pisses me off. It does. It's a hard episode for Caroline this week. Caroline says, we'll tell that to Stefan, who clearly needs no one. And Elena says, cut him some slack, okay? He lost his brother. And it's like, okay, first of all, she lost her best friend and she even lost you, but we're not even going to unpack that. Yeah. And then Elena says, granted, said brother was a soulless homicidal maniac, but still. And then Caroline looks at her funny, obviously. Yeah, because Caroline's like, oh shit, so that's just what you think now? Like, Caroline was never a huge fan of Damon when they were dating, but she's like, okay, well, that's not true. Yeah, that's a little bit oversimplification. And also, it's funny because... So Elena thinks that, like, she just hung out with Damon for, like, four years. I mean, it's it's been, like, three years, not even four years. She just thinks she hung out with Damon for three years and just, like, never found any redeemable thing in him. And he was just allowed to keep hanging out with all of them. Yeah. I mean, she's stupid at the end of the day. Yeah, that's true. Because one thing about Elena, you know, she has blinders on. She can only look so wide. It's not wider than a mirror, I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> if something does not relate to her, it's not her it's not her business, it's not her problem, it's not her narrative. <laughs> like I understand you're going through a hard time, but I'm having a hard time conceptualizing it because it's not happening to me. So So why don't you all want jello shots right now? <laughs> yeah. So how about we all be happy like I am? Because you know, I guess I'm just a role model for getting through difficult times. And I think if you guys all approached it like me, like maybe you all would be happier. So it's really an attitude adjustment. I know you feel depressed, but just take a walk in the sun. Like do things you like. Just take like a bath. Did you know that if you like smile in the mirror, it'll trick your brain into being happy? <laughs> it, for example, I have this sticky note on my mirror that says, have a great day. And I put that on and it just changed my whole perspective. You should try <laughs> I, that. I have a great day every day now. <laughs> and I did it all by myself. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry, you're sad. And if you're sad, don't be. Well, now we've talked enough about you. <laughs> Back to me. Elena says, what? Because Caroline's looking at her like she's crazy. And Caroline says, uh, nothing. I don't even have time to unpack all that. 
I've got to get breakfast with Enzo. And Elena says, Enzo, you guys go on one road trip and all of a sudden you're breakfast buddies? First of all, yeah, she needs a friend right now. Yeah, everybody else is fucking losing their shit. At least Enzo's holding it together somewhat. Yeah. Caroline says, yeah, I guess so. I mean, ironically, he recently became one of the more stable people in my life. And Elena says, okay, then invite him to the party. Come on. I got Matt to take the afternoon off from his training. I got Tyler to give the practice squad a break. Oh, no, the practice squad. How will they live without him? The practice squad. What? They they never get a break. They never get a break. Because what if seven people get injured during the game and they have to call two of them out? (laughs) Got to be on all the time when you're on the practice squad. Elena says, even Jeremy is coming. You know, it's been forever since we've all been together. It'll be fun. And Caroline is hesitant. And Elena says, don't make me invoke the nuclear option. And the nuclear option is her selfie bombing Caroline every five minutes. So just sending pictures of herself all day. It's just like a few more pictures than she normally says. Yeah. Me being pretty in the hospital. <laughs> Caroline says, okay, fine. I'll go to the party, but I'm not moving back in. And Elena says, that's a conversation to be had over jello shots. One thing about Elena, she loves jello shots. Oh, she's a jello shot bitch to her core. All love. We go outside the grill in Mystic Falls, like around the back. Matt's on the phone with Caroline. They're talking about Elena. Caroline says, what did Alaric do to her? And Matt says, all I know is she doesn't remember whatever she saw in Damon, and we're supposed to keep it that way. And Caroline says, I just spent the whole night with her, and it's weird. She doesn't seem like her old self. And Matt says, yeah, because she's happy. Isn't that the point? Gotta go see you later. Matt is just, he is enabling the bullshit and doing nothing positive with his life. As we can see, Matt's becoming quite a little negative Nelly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's always been stupid, obviously. But this showing from him today just proves how stupid. Yeah. Because he's surprised by things that should not be surprising. Yeah. That a three-year-old could have predicted. Yeah. One big red flag, literally red flag, coming up right now. Yeah. So Matt comes upon Trip, who has his van, not his Jeep, his van. And he's washing out the back, just the inside of the truck, not the outside. And mind you, even if you're looking on the inside, looks like a prison van, doesn't it? And why does he need this? Why are there benches in the back of a van? Matt's seen him drive the Jeep before, so why does he need a van with benches in the back? Yeah. Anyway, and he's washing it out. And by the way, the thing that he's washing out, super red. It's super red. And there's like bits in part of it that look like like brain matter, essentially. It's comically red. It's like the Tim Burton movie of Sweeney Todd. Yeah. It's comical. The water isn't even diluting it. It's so red. Matt says, a little early for a car wash. And Tripp says, oh, yeah, I brought in some mulch so you guys could clean up that perk on 4th. Turns out, red mulch stains. Who knew? So much about this. Number one, we've all seen red mulch. It's not that red. Matt, I I know you've seen dirt in your life. Just conjure up that image. (laughs) Have you ever seen, not even mulch, have you ever gone to a garden center and seen something that bright red that wasn't a flower? No, there's no way. And even Trip, why don't you just say you spilled a can of paint? Do you see how red it is? Just say it's a can of paint you spilled. And beyond that, do you not have a hose hookup at your home? Like you have to do this by the grill? Yeah, why are you doing this in the aisle behind a grill? I mean, for one, obviously like Jay is in on the drama, 
So getting Jay to wash his car, at least Jay knows. Did you like call Matt here? How'd Matt find you here? He's coming to ask for the afternoon off, I think. Yeah, but then if he's coming to ask for the afternoon off, why would Trip not say, meet me in front of the grill so that Jay can do the car wash and Matt doesn't have to see the obvious blood? Yeah, meet me in the back alley where I'm washing blood into a sewer. Yeah, I'd be like, mm, oh, I can't talk right now. Well, why don't you give me a phone call? Just stupid. But obviously Trip gets away with it. So. so I guess it's not that stupid. Yeah. Matt says, so my friends are having a party. I'd like to go by after lunch. This guy doesn't pay you anything. You don't have to ask for time off. You guys just go on runs. And by the way, you're clearly like a low man on the totem pole here, considering no one has brought you into the vampire hunting operation. Yeah, I mean, and one could assume that maybe it's because he's not a founding family. Or that he like maybe knows that he's friends with some of these vampires, but it just, it's embarrassing for Matt. Yeah, it's a hard, it's a hard day for Matt. Tripp says, you need a permission slip? I'm not your mom, go. Oh, and take Jay. I suckered him into washing my car. He needs some fun. Which, uh, upon reflection, Tripp probably is like, let me vampires at this party. Tripp said, go get my gun. <laughs> Jay says, you're driving, I'm drinking. Jay won't be with us anymore, we can assume. Yeah. But would you like to go through his IMDb? I would like to, because he's got kind of a distinctive face. I mean, it's, yeah. he's really triangular. He looks a lot like the guy who played a guy on Teen Wolf as well as Arya's little brother on Pretty Little Liars, but not quite like them. Yeah, because Arya's little brother is hotter. I think he looks like a mix of the eyebrow guy from Maze Runner and Where the Millers with like Chris Pratt. Will Poulter. Yeah, Will Poulter, Chris Pratt hybrid. His actor's name is Matthew Burns. He's been in a number of things... I don't recognize any of these, but they look high budget. Uh, what I do recognize him from is he was in Little Fires Everywhere. Oh. He played young Bill, who I believe is the young version of Reese Witherspoon's husband in that. He's young Joshua Jackson, which actually makes perfect sense. Great casting. Yeah. He was also on four episodes of Atlanta. Oh. He played a guy named Lucas, who I think I remember. He's in season two. He definitely looks like he gets cast for... Uh racist roles yeah he was also in this is a fun uh title he was on one episode of the show good girls he played a character named super hip waiter hmm. <laughs> that for him not much else but he's floating around yeah he's around he's he's getting work good for him uh he seems to only be with us for one episode we can talk about how we think he's one and done if not another one episode arc for his resume i fear yeah but you know what he you know he makes the most of it. He has fun. I'd be happy with one episode on the Vampire Diaries. Yeah. He got a lot of lines. Yeah. He got to be killed iconically. Gotta love that. Trip says, both of you, keep your eyes open. There have been a lot of animal attacks lately. The way he says it, he's could not more obviously being like, there are vampires out there. There will be vampires at this party. Yeah. And then Jay says he means dog bite girl as if to throw matt off a scent that he's not smelling yeah and matt says yeah i know what he means but the thing is you don't matt <laughs> like you really don't and it's pretty obvious and do you have to call her dog bite girl that's unnecessary yeah we go over to the salvatore house sarah comes in and she says that shower has four heads who's so dirty they need four heads and jeremy says you'd be surprised it's just luxurious. Yeah. That's rich. Jeremy says, you want bourbon or uh, bourbon? Sarah says, I hate bourbon, but 
I love this house. Can I just pretend I found my dad and it's whoever lives here? Well, it may just be, Sarah. I'll say that. Do you still think that? I feel like my Lockwood Salvatore possibilities are still looking good. We'll see. Jeremy says, trust me, it's not. He doesn't think this is a working theory at all. Well, why would he? (laughs) He's not thinking about anything right now. Yeah. He's not operating on my level. Okay. (laughs) Sarah says, why not? My mom lived in Mystic Falls for years before she had me. Somebody had to knock her up. And Jeremy says, you ever think about asking her? Don't you think she did? He is such a man. Because, of course, she would have come up with this idea. Oh, no, I didn't even think about that. Asking my mother who impregnated her. Now that is a winning idea. (laughs) I should have done that before I drove to this city. Yeah. She says, yeah, good idea. Hurry, let's go to the cemetery. And he says, oh, gotcha. Sorry. (laughs) Sarah says, who does live here anyway? And Jeremy says, two brothers. One moved away. The other is dead. And he drinks. It's like, okay, is this how you flirt? Like, so no one lives here? (laughs) So it's empty. So I can move in. So I can squat here pretty indefinitely. We go over to Whitmore. Liv and Luke are walking down the hallway and Tyler approaches and he says, hey, quick question. Liv says, quick answer, no. And it's like, okay, stop with this fucking flirting bullshit. But they won't stop. Tyler says, hilarious. We're having a party today. Do you think you could spare a keg or two from Skullbur? You can come to the party. She says, ooh, you, alcohol and my brother. Why does that combination sound so familiar and terrible? How is your trachea, Luke? At first when she said this, I forgot that this had happened. I was like, okay, a a hot guy, your twin brother and alcohol sounds like a lovely party. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds like a Saturday. (laughs) Luke says, in fairness, he apologized. Also, he's hot and sexy. I don't care that he choked me. He said, I got to be honest. I had no issue with that choking thing at all, Liv. I was (laughs) was down. I was down with it. I have forgiven, but I have not forgotten. <laughs> Tyler says, I'm working on it, okay? I watch my drinking. I avoid things that make me angry. And she says, okay, come by the bar after one. I'll see what I can do. And Tyler leaves. And then Luke says, you're doing that thing again. And she says, what thing? And Luke says, the thing where you're a bitch because you like somebody. It's pretty transparent. I don't blame you. He's hot. They leave. So obviously we're doing this. Luke's like, you're making a fool of yourself. (laughs) Luke said, please. Then we see the guy with the eyebrows from episode one of Elena's, who's in Elena's volunteer group. He approaches. We don't know his name at the time, but it is Liam. Of course, his name is Liam. You did guess Austin, I think, which is pretty close. Okay, good for me. Yeah, I, I couldn't remember what I guessed, but Liam is, you know, fine. Yeah. Elena approaches and says, hey, cute brag. This is why y'all are pre-med and not like a fun major. Because what the fuck kind of nickname is that? Eyebrows is a better nickname. Eyebrows is a better nickname. Or like, I get like the general two pieces of it, right? That he brags and he's cute. But cute brag isn't a saying. So what I would go with, my pitch would be like, I'd call him not so humble brag. Yeah, that's cute. It's a little wordy, but if we're going to do the brag thing. But cute brag is so like disjointed that it makes it feel like more words than it is. Yeah. Honestly, Liam as a name is enough. If I say that with the right intonation, I'm making fun of him. Like, okay, Liam. Oh, Liam's here. (laughs) My nickname is Pompous Ass. (laughs) (laughs) Liam says, did you just call me cute brag? And she says, hey, I didn't come up with it. Another volunteer did. 
And she says, what? Sometimes you brag. At least it has cute in it. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. They are way worse nicknames. They could be calling you really mean things. I would be. <laughs> I don't vibe with you at all, buddy. Yeah, I would. Not, I do not like him. He's not my favorite. And I know he's fucking obnoxious in the cell biology classes. Here's a question for you. As far as Elena's clearly placeholder love interests go, who do you prefer so far? Liam or Aaron Whitmore? Uh, Liam. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I mean, if I have to pick one. If I have to pick one of those two. <laughs> if those are my two options. Then fine. He says small favors. And then he says, I'm Liam. You're Elena. See how easy it is to remember? And she says, brag. Bragging that he remembered her name when they've clearly volunteered together at least a few times. And they wear name tags. Yes. Let's be totally honest, Elena, but you know, she's self-involved. Now we get to look at Liam's IMDb because we didn't last week because we didn't know his name. This actor's name is Marco James. Okay, so he has a long bio on IMDb, which always says like, "Mm, interesting, I wonder what that's up to. So first I'm going to look at his IMDb credits. He has one upcoming project that's called Subject 16, who cares? What else has he been in? Some movies I've truly never heard of. He was also on one episode of CSI Miami. He was on 10 episodes of a show called The Client List, which is about a single mother leading a small Texas town and leading a shocking double life. I'm guessing she's a prostitute. I was going to say, I mean, the the name is definitely- Based on the poster too. Oh yeah, that's a prostitute. And it's Jennifer Love Hewitt. So he was on 10 episodes of that just before The Vampire Diaries. He was on 14 episodes of a show called Miss Behave, M-I-S-S space Behave. Cute. Which is a cold cast TV teen drama series. Never heard of that. He was on one episode of Victorious. Oh, good for him. One episode of Make It or Break It and one episode of Zoe 101. So he had some of that. So as I said at the beginning of this, you know, he has a really long bio on IMDb. So I like to read what that means because obviously they've got something to say. Whatever. It's the normal at the beginning. Like he found comfort in films as a child. First of all, it says he was hit by the acting bug. Not bit. (laughs) (laughs) It's just funny. (laughs) The acting bug flew right into him. Yeah. Um, He says, you know, he began landing roles, took acting seriously, whatever, whatever. He graduated to large recurring roles on The Client List and The Vampire Diaries. And mind you, he did this episode of The Vampire Diaries when? Like 2014. Yeah. I just want you to remember that when you hear this next sentence. Uh, Marco felt that for some reason the acting momentum shifted and challenged him. So during the pandemic. So, okay. There's like six years between that and then. Pretty long shift. Yeah. Guess what he did during the pandemic? Oh, God. <sighs> I'll give you a hint. He moved somewhere and he got a new job. I would love for you to guess where he moved and what job he got. I fear he moved to Florida. No, but that's pretty close. He moved to Texas. Okay. He didn't start working in politics, did he? No. He became a police officer. Oh. Oh, brother, this guy stinks! And when someone became a police officer during the pandemic, you know what that tells me? They love brutality. They saw the George Floyd protests and said, I gotta stop this. So, don't love that. They said, you know who I really think needs support right now? The The police. police. And then the bio says, he's now back in LA with a new perspective and appreciation for life and is ready to bring more life experience into creation and expression. So he's back to acting now. He's done with the police officer thing. I really think 
<laughs> during the pandemic, he became a police officer and then he came back to LA. He's like, now I can book a crime drama. This was the missing piece. Yeah. He said, now I'm going to get my criminal minds moment. I'm going to be the new Hotch. So that's what Marco James is up to. He says, is there something you wanted other than to destroy my self-esteem? He's already flirting. Mm-hmm. Can't blame him. Elena says, actually, yes. Are you doing anything this afternoon? My friends and I are throwing a party just outside my hometown. There's a girl I want you to meet. Just come. He's obviously into her. She's obviously like, you know, as Elena does with every man she meets, she's doing a base level of flirting with everyone. And I I can't be against that. Yeah. I mean, she obviously is kind of vibing with him. And I think she's like, oh, I'll invite him to meet Caroline, even though that makes no sense because Caroline is in no world wanting to meet guys and clearly you have kind of a thing for him so you know let's just skip ahead yeah he says okay and he leaves and then once he walks away elena spots stefan and it's like oh good let's get the two stinkers in a conversation together awesome yeah she says hey they hug she says for the record four months is far too long for me to go without seeing you he says i know that's why i'm here i wanted to stop by and say hi which I know this turns out to be a lie. That's not why he's here. Yeah. But it is a little hurtful that he decides to like be this nice to Elena and he can't do anything like this to Caroline. Oh, yeah. It pissed me off. His first stop is Elena and he's like so kind. Meanwhile, Caroline shows up and he's like angry to see her. Like, And he uses Caroline wanting an apology as like a pawn in his greater plan, which is all fucked up. But we'll get to that. Then we go over to 1994 Mystic Falls. Check in on Bonnie and Damon. They are at the grocery store. She says, we need strawberries, eggs, milk, and candles. And Damon says, look, I know it's been a while, but you couldn't do magic as an anchor, so I'm curious what momentary lapse of reason makes you think you can do it now. I was sure that she'd be able to do it. I've been saying it. Yeah. Bonnie says, you know, when all this started, you sucked at making pancakes, and now they're somewhat edible. Milk. They get milk. She says, there's no reason to be Peter a pessimist. We have proof we're not alone. They grab matching sunglasses because they're besties. Mm-hmm. Damon says, first of all, don't nickname me. That's my thing. And this proof, this mysteriously filled in crossword could very easily have been you. Which I get this like belief, but she's been working on this crossword for four months. You think she solved it and forgot? Yeah. You think she doesn't remember she finally got the last clue? But he's in denial because he doesn't you know, want to believe the truth because he doesn't want to get his hopes up. Bonnie says, I didn't fill it in. And he says, no, you don't know you filled it in. He says, you also don't know you talk in your sleep. Eggs, they get eggs. And Bonnie says, what are you saying? I sleep crossword. And he says, I'm saying it makes more sense than the alternative. I would not say that, Damon. (laughs) Bonnie says, I get what you're doing. You refuse to have hope you'll see Elena again so you don't have to be disappointed. She nailed him there. That's exactly what he's doing. Yeah. He says, I refuse to have hope because there's nothing to hope for. She says, pork rinds. And he says, "Mm, that's not on our list. And also, ew. She says, no, Damon, there were pork rinds here on this shelf. There have been pork rinds here on every shopping trip we've had for the past four months. And then in the background, some circusy type music starts playing. At first, you thought it was an ice cream truck. Yeah, it's an interesting guess I had. <laughs> Bonnie says, you hear that? They go outside and it's a little toy carousel outside, you know, the front of the store. And Bonnie says, that is what hope sounds like. And Damon's freaked because he said, mm, don't get my hopes up. Don't do it, girl. We go over to Whitmore. We go to an empty classroom where Stefan and Elena are catching up. Stefan says, this hospital thing, it's a whole new look. A polo shirt and jeans. It's just if you added a collar to her Henley. 
Yeah, I was going to say a polo shirt is not even that different from a Henley if we want to get technical. Like, he has nothing to fake in this because he is so concerned about his own personal, like, goal right now that the nicest thing he can say is, like, well, that shirt's different. (laughs) Anyway, was that nice enough? And it was nice enough because Elena just wants to talk about herself again. She says, yeah, apparently this color disguises all bodily fluids that I could get covered in throughout the day. First of all, I'm not going to get gross, but I can name a couple bodily fluids that would show up on that shirt. Yeah. But second, of course, it disguises every bodily fluid you might get covered in. You don't do anything. You know, I get we don't need to be accurate with the costuming here. Why would she not be wearing scrubs? <laughs> like, even if you want to do like red, like there are burgundy scrubs. They, but these is more fashionable. But I mean, to be fair, they're pre-med. Like, she's really just observing. She's honestly not doing anything. Yeah. I have a hard time believing she's interacting with any patients. Yeah, she's just watching. Elena says, so far it's been mostly observation, but I don't know, I love it there. Seeing sick people getting better, it's inspiring. When someone's about to die, I leave. (laughs) I don't want to see that. (laughs) (laughs) Seeing sick people and remembering how lucky I am and how if they just were a little more positive, maybe they wouldn't be so sick. (laughs) Yeah, she goes up to the cancer patient and she says, I know it's hard, but I promise you, like, it will get better. (laughs) She goes up to the stage for a cancer person and says, believe in yourself. (laughs) They say, can you get out of here? You're not even a doctor. And they say, can you get me a fucking vomit bucket? (laughs) Stefan says, you seem different, happier. I wonder why, Stefan. Yeah, come on. Uh, she says, and you, are, are you happy? You know, Caroline filled me in a little bit. And he says, oh, about the dinner party from hell? And she says, actually, those were her exact words. <laughs> she says, and between the ranting, she may have mentioned something about a new job and a new girlfriend. And I know that, like, Stefan and Elena have history and she has a lot of love for him. Would it kill her to be like, why are you being so rude to Caroline? Yeah. Why are we all friendly? <laughs> What's your best friend? Oh, and you have a girlfriend. And you, it must be so fun for your job where you abandoned us all. What the fuck? Yeah, could you be a little bit more pissed off, please? These two are just enabling each other with their bullshit. It's like, I need you two separated. Which, to be fair, is why Stefan is going to Elena. Because yeah. he wants his bullshit to be enabled right now. He wants someone who has completely forgotten about Damon. Yeah. Because he wishes he could do that. But then he would have to talk to his friends to get the memories compelled away. Exactly. And there are way more memories he has to deal with. Yeah, it would take a long time to compel those memories away. Elena says, Ivy, right? That's your girlfriend's name? And then she says, Stefan, it's fine. Seriously, it's not weird that you're dating someone new. I'm just, you know, happy that you're happy. And I'm happy to finally see you again, you know? Girl, he doesn't think it's weird because you fucked his brother. (laughs) Like, there's no way that she would know that. Yeah, he can't be like, yeah, I know it's okay. This is actively much better than you hooking up with my brother. Yeah, I know it's okay. I got a new girlfriend who you don't know. Yeah, like over a year later, but okay. But okay, fine. Elena says, you know, it's been really rough losing Bonnie the last couple months, which is an incredibly insensitive thing to say to somebody who just lost their brother. I'm so sorry. At least she caught herself, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Stefan says, oh, you know, I've been working on the healing thing, too, you know? When? What have you been doing on the healing thing? Oh, were you doing that off camera? Yeah. Name one thing you did for the healing thing. The healing thing. And running away doesn't count. 
decidedly does not count. We're not counting that one, buddy. He says, by the way, have you heard from Caroline? She's not returning my calls. Duh. And I really want to apologize for the way I acted. But he's lying. He's a fake ass bitch. I could punch him in the face. It's a hard, it's a hard episode to be a Stephen girly. It's a hard episode to be a Staroline stan. I'm going to stand by him, but you know, it's, it's not easy. I mean, we know that he's going through a lot with the loss of Damon and okay. Here's my, on my Stefan soapbox. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Well, mm. <laughs> I'm kneecapping you from this soapbox. I'm getting the bat ready. This, um, this argument falls apart pretty quickly. So do let me finish it. Okay. Um, because you, I think you'll say what I would say. So anyway, <laughs> here's the thing is everyone is so concerned about how losing Damon has affected Elena and no one is checking in on how it has affected Stefan. Now, granted, yes, he did run away. And granted, Caroline has tried and he's ignoring her. But I will say people are babying Elena a lot more with this than Stefan. I do think that's fair. Yeah. And I do think that Elena forgetting Damon makes this like monumentally harder on Stefan because it's not like anyone else is not close with Damon but no one else has like an unconditional love for Damon the way Stefan does and the way Elena did yeah and Stefan has no one to talk to because the only other people who really loved Damon that way are Alaric but Alaric hasn't been around in a while and Enzo who Stefan hates and Stefan doesn't want to talk to Caroline about any of this because he wants to throw away his friendships because he wants to just run away from everything. That's a bad way to approach it. But I understand like that is what he's doing. And I do think, you know, he is going through a very hard time. We have to imagine what Elena did when she lost her brother. Mm -hmm. But he's like throwing a lot of other people under the bus to handle this badly. And it's like, if you're going to handle this badly, stop making it other people's problem. And I mean, specifically, he's throwing Caroline under the bus. And the reason he's doing that is obviously that he wants to distance himself from her as much as possible because she's the only one who who didn't just like let him go. Everyone else is like, well, Stefan needs time. No, he doesn't. He needs to be with his friends. Yeah, she's the only one who won't let him off the hook for this mm-hmm. because Elena's like, you know, move on however you want. I'm good at it. Not everyone is. Not everyone yeah. is good at it as me. But Caroline's the only one who will say to Stefan, you clearly aren't handling this. You're clearly ignoring things. And you're just like ignoring your feelings, letting them fester. And it's only going to get worse. And he doesn't want to hear that from her because he knows that deep down. But he's trying to stuff everything in a little compartment somewhere. Yeah. And Caroline keeps opening that compartment. So the more he can hurt Caroline, the less he will have to confront the truth of the matter. And he thinks if he hurts her enough, then she'll stop fighting for him. Bitch, did you meet Elena when you were dating? One thing about these girls is they will fight for your your musty ass. (laughs) He is, no, he's, don't call him musty. He's not musty. He's not musty. I mean, he has fought for all of these people numerous times. And so I think that more people could be fighting more for him. But he knows the only person he really has to hurt to get out of this is Caroline. He doesn't have to hurt Elena. Because she's so self-involved, she's not really going to do much about him. Well, I think the other issue is he, even if he wanted to work through this, he wants to work through it from a space of like, I have to start grieving and get past this because he's dead. He's not coming back. Whereas like Alaric, Caroline, even Enzo are all like, no, we're going to get him back. Yeah. So even if he wanted to talk through all this, like they would be like, no, you have to keep hope up. And he doesn't want to do that. Yeah, definitely. So he would rather 
bring their hope down so they don't try to force it on him. He's obviously lashing out for emotional reasons. Yeah. Doesn't make him not obnoxious in this episode, but yeah. just to give him his his credit. Yeah. I'm still a Stefan Gurley. I still defend him. He's just having a hard showing this week. Elena says, oh, Caroline will be at the swimming hole today. You should come. And Stefan says, no, I- I'm not sure I'm ready to dive back into all of that. No pun intended. Elena says, Stefan, they're your friends too. I know we can't hang out at the grill anymore, but that doesn't mean we can't all spend time together. When exactly has this whole group ever hung out at the grill in the past like five seasons? Yeah, the issue for Stefan is the grill. He misses the grill so bad. That's why he's acting like this. That's why he's (laughs) distancing himself from everyone. (laughs) She says, come on, please. Like, if not for that, then to at least convince Caroline that Enzo is not new best friend replacement material. Now, first of all, Enzo's been a better friend to Caroline than either of you two have lately, but whatever. But whatever. (laughs) Stefan says, oh, will Enzo be there? And Alina says, oh, yeah, but I can easily, like, uninvite him. I'd rather have you there. And Stefan says, no, no, don't worry about it. Maybe I'll stop by. <laughs> she says, awesome. She says, well, I have to go make 50 more jello shots. For me and me alone. <laughs> we go over to the diner, Caroline's favorite diner. She's at breakfast with Enzo. They're having pie. And Caroline says, do you understand the rules? And Enzo says, yeah. Rule one, don't mention Elena was madly in love with Damon or you'll kill me. Rule two, don't really reference Damon at all or you'll kill me. Rule three, wear sunscreen. She says, okay, don't make fun of me. It's important that we let Elena live her new, happy, problem-ignoring zombie life the way she wants. And Enzo says, that sentence sounded oddly supportive and judgmental. Caroline says, that's my sweet spot. She said, that's a Caroline classic. (laughs) Caroline says, look, I support her. She did what she needed to do to stop chomping on innocent people in the road, but it doesn't mean that I'm enjoying marinating all alone in my misery. And Enzo says, well, I'll marinate with you. Caroline says, I appreciate it. Really, I do. And Enzo says, but... I'm not Stefan. She says, okay. <laughs> Who brought up Stefan? She's like, I didn't say that. She says, rule number four, don't ever mention that jerk's name again. Or Enzo says, or you'll kill me. Got it. And he gets up. And Caroline points at a little red spot on his shirt. And she says, is that blood or pie? Please say pie. He tastes it. And he says, that would be surely a special off the menu item. This little diner is surprisingly well stocked. Uh, he ate a waitress. As he do. Caroline says, please tell me you snatched, ate, erased. And Enzo says, the funny thing about that is if you do the first two properly, the third isn't really necessary. He's like, I actually made it really efficient. (laughs) She says, you killed her? And Enzo says, don't act all shocked. And so it's like, yeah, I killed her. I was hungry. Caroline says, sorry, but death shocks me. And it also leads to a missing persons report, which leads to, and he says, a sheriff's investigation. I'm terrified. I already have three warnings. One more and it's a fine. And he leaves. <laughs> he said, a cab. First of all, what he should say is the sheriff is your mother. I think we'll be okay. He's like, I think I can get around this one. I think I have an in. He's like, what? Are they going to put me in a cell again? I think I can get out. They're going to put me in a human cell? I'll be okay. We go back over to 1994 Mystic Falls. Damon opens the like box in the carousel that would take like quarters or something. I don't know. And he says, it's got to be a short, faulty wiring, something. And Bonnie says, or someone put a quarter in it and turned it on. And Damon says, you know, I'm a little confused with all this misplaced hope. Let's just say there's someone here, okay? How do you know we're going to get out? And she says, okay, well, you say this is your hell, right? If there's someone else here, that means it's not your hell. And if it's not your hell, it means Graham's put us here. And if Graham's put us here, there's a way out. Mm Mm-hmm. And he says, that's a hell of a logic knot you've tied yourself. 
it's not that knotted. It's pretty straightforward. It's a straight line. I mean, there are a lot of points on the line you had to touch at to get to the last point, but it's not knotted. Yeah. Bonnie says, thank you. So now that we've properly placed our hope, let's play a game. When we get out, what's the first thing you're going to tell Elena? Damon doesn't take this game seriously at first. He says, sorry, I killed Bonnie, but she was the most annoying person in the world. She wouldn't shut up. She just kept talking. I mean, it's a wonder I made it as long as I did. But here's the thing. I think it's better this way because she didn't have any magic. and She was pretty much useless. And Bonnie says, hey, Damon. And he says, what? And she says, still think I'm useless? And she points. And his car is there. Which is pretty damning. Pretty damning evidence. He says, that's my car. And she says, I know. That's why I pointed it out. And we in the audience said, we know that, but thank you for confirming. And then we go over to Elena's car. Elena is driving to the swimming hole. Mind you, Stefan is riding shotgun and Liam's in the back seat. If I'm Liam, I'd be like, okay, I don't know if this is going to work out for me. Stefan has not earned shotgun in this car. Let him wallow in the back. Let him sit in the back. And I know Liam called shotgun. Let's be fair. <laughs> but then Stefan said, mm, actually, whoever gets there first... <laughs> Stefan went and compelled him and said, you're sitting in back. <laughs> Stefan said, actually, I really need the leg room. Yeah. Elena is describing Caroline. She says she's determined but sweet, eternal optimist, never forgets a birthday. What else? Stefan says, never gives up on her friends. Try to say it with a little less disdain. Yeah, Stefan hates it right now. <laughs> Elena says, yes, true. She's completely loyal. And Liam says, this is good. Build her up. I'm sure she'll live up to these ridiculously high expectations. She will. She'll exceed them, jackass. Like- yeah, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Elena says, that's another one. Great at surpassing expectations. Finally, she's being nice to Caroline. Yeah. Liam says, so she's perfect. And Elena says, totally. And Stefan says, pretty much. How about you guys say it to her face for once? Yeah. Liam says, so how long have you two been together? And Elena says, oh, us? No, we're, I mean, I mean, we did at one point, but. Shut up. Like, of course he picked up on it. You let this guy ride shotgun. Yeah, you put him in the back seat. Excuse him for assuming that's your boyfriend. (laughs) Yeah. Stefan says not anymore. And Liam says, was that recent? Because you two seem weirdly functional. There's some weird stuff going on. I'll give you that. Yeah. Elena says, has it already been two years? And Stefan says, time flies. It's like, Stefan, I need you to at least pretend to enjoy a conversation. It's so funny because Elena's like, has it already been two years? Yeah, you were dating his brother. He remembers. Yeah, she's like, that's crazy. It's been two years, but I I feel like I had to have been in love more recently than that. And he says, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) We go back over to 1994 Mystic Falls. Damon is sitting in his car. He's got the car running, but he's just sitting there and making race car noises and pretending to drive. He's being so boyfriend. Yeah. Bonnie says, how much longer are we going to listen? And he says, shh. This sound is the opposite sound of your voice, and I so enjoy it. She says, okay, Damon, how did it even get here? Did you leave it here in 1994? And he says, I don't know, Bonnie. It was 18 years ago. I had a lot going on that day. However, we know that he thinks this is personal hell, so he seems to remember that day pretty clearly. Yeah. She says, but you admit that it's pretty unlikely that you did leave it here. And he says, very unlikely. And she says, which would stand to reason that... And he says, someone may have put it here, Bonnie. Yes, I get that. And then he has a little quick flashback to just before the crash where Elena says, Damon, and he says, I know. And he says to Bonnie, I'm going to tell Elena how much I love her. And then I'm going to apologize for killing you. And then there's a ruffle noise. And Bonnie says, did you see that? And then we see what looks like a person running by a car. Mm -hmm. 
And Damon says, I did that time. And he gets out of the car and he says, let's go meet our little friend. Then we go to the swimming hole party. There's a rope and it's a big hit. I mean, it looks fun. There's kegs, there's coolers, a lot of people in swimsuits. Everybody's having fun. Big successful party. Elena arrives with Liam and Stefan. And Liam says, so is a lake different than a swimming hole? And she says, swimming hole. And she says, thanks for making me sound like a redneck. Where did you party in high school? And he says, somebody's house or second house or whichever had the biggest pool. Guess I do brag. Shut up. It's not interesting. It's just not. And by the way, I know you didn't get invited to a party in high school. You were a bitch. You were the hall monitor. He is giving me like Andrew McCarthy and Pretty in Pink. Really? But in like a mean way. Oh, oh, yes. I I was like, that's... You thought that was Ducky? No, I thought you were talking about Anthony Michael Hall on The Breakfast Club for some reason. And I was like, <laughs> that's not what I get. I get the guy from Pretty in Pink. And then I realized what you said. <laughs> I was like, that doesn't seem like that big of a swing. Like, why is she looking at me like that? I was like, no, he's definitely like the Pretty in Pink guy. <laughs> I realized that that's what you said. Because the character's name is like Blake or something. I couldn't tell you. I'm much more of a... 16 Candles girl than a Pretty in Pink girl. The character's name is Blaine, not Blake. Okay, well, close enough. Anyway, you guys get it. Um, Yeah, I hate him. <laughs> yeah, and that's what Liam's giving me. Yeah. I don't vibe with him at all. Yeah, exactly. Not a fan, not a fan. And I get that, like, no matter who they introduce as a love interest for Lena right now, I'm not going to be interested. I won't be listening to it. They might as well make him a stinker. Well, and here's the thing with him. I get that, objectively, he's, like, a cutie. He's got eyebrows. Yeah. He's got the whole thing. After Ian Summerholder, it's just, this guy looks like a scrawny little bitch. Our eyes have been recalibrated, unfortunately. I do maintain, is Liam a step up from Aaron Whitmore? Yes. But at what cost? Elena says, yep. Now it's my turn to brag because I bet nobody at your pool parties could do this. She takes off her shirt. She looks banging in her bikini. I'll say that. Yeah. I was like, is she just going to stand there? <laughs> Yeah, if she did, point made. But what she does is she goes up to the tree, she gets to the rope, she swings, she jumps and flips. Everybody cheers. Yeah. Obviously, this works for Liam. He's into it. Stefan heads out because he's got business to take care of, and he certainly doesn't want to hang out with Liam. Yeah, he's like, I mean, I got to tell you, buddy, you're kind of a dud, so I'm going to (laughs) go. Number one, I'm sure people who went to pool parties could do a flip, but I love her confidence. But number two, at this point, you know, it's pretty clear that Caroline wouldn't be interested in this boy, but why are you flirting with this boy who you brought here to introduce to Caroline? Because she just wanted to flirt with him herself mm-hmm. the whole time. And that's fine. She wanted to warm him up. To be fair, I don't. did she even tell Caroline she brought a boy for her? No. <laughs> this was a surprise for Caroline. So I guess no harm, no foul. Yeah. And I don't think Caroline would give a fuck because she obviously doesn't want to date right now. Yeah. Caroline would see that guy and be like, oh, I'm good. <laughs> After diving, Elena swims up to Jeremy and she sees Jeremy making out with Sarah. And so she says, um, Jeremy. Sarah says, oh my God, because she recognizes her. <laughs> and Jeremy says, Elena. And Elena says, uh, sorry to interrupt what I'm sure was a heartfelt display of true love, but I'm Jeremy's sister and we were about to have a nice little family chat. And Sarah says, that's why I'm happy I'm an orphan. And she leaves. Girl, these are two other orphans. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a brag. Elena says, you invited the girl I attacked. And Jeremy says, no, I brought the girl Caroline compelled to forget you attacked. She doesn't know anything. (laughs) A little confident there, buddy. It is a little crazy. I mean, when I was watching this, I didn't predict this too. It is a little crazy how long we believe that like compulsion will just work in Mystic Falls. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't flag that. But all of them are like, we compelled her. 
because they're so used to just compelling people. I mean, it's always worked before. Yeah. Elena says, Jeremy, why would you risk it? And Jeremy says, because she looks good in a bikini. Can I go now? And he does go. He doesn't wait for the yes. Yeah, he's like, yeah, we're not having this conversation today. Out in the woods, Sarah walks past Jay and Matt. Matt smiles at her and Jay like leers at her. And Matt says, you know, I may be driving, but if you puke in my truck, I'm going to kill you. Jay says, you know, dog bite girl's kind of hot in like a trashy way, though. She's just hot. She's not hot in a trashy way. She's like not trashy at all. And, you know, what's trashy? Not learning her name. Her name is Sarah. It's not complicated. It's a very simple name. Matt says, why do you keep calling her dog bite girl? First of all, the nickname's incredibly self-explanatory. Yeah, because she got bit by a dog. Yeah. Jay says, because it's ridiculous. What kind of dog bites you in the neck? Fair point. Now, this is a great question. And it does seem like Jay is trying to be like, do you want to, you know, make some guesses and I can let you in on the secret? Boy, Matt knows. Yeah, Matt knows knows. He's actually actively lying to you. (laughs) Yeah. Tyler approaches and says, I don't know, man. I've seen some pretty vicious dogs. And Matt says, hey, what's up, Ty? And Tyler says, I just got a text from Elena. She wants to see us. And Jay says, hold on, because he's not ready to let this conversation go. He's like, no, back to the dog thing. He says, no, I want to go back to the dog. He says, are you telling me that you think a girl with two puncture wounds on her neck got bit by a dog? And they're like, yep. Tyler says, I think if that's what she said, then that's what happened. Mind you, it's not what she said. I love this because it's like, he's like, I'm not going to lie or not lie. He's like, if that, like, why would I not believe what she said? Yeah. Jay says, well, then you're an idiot. Now, it is true that if these two didn't even consider the possibility of vampires, they are idiots. But Jay's the real idiot for not realizing that they obviously know that. Yeah, because anyone who knows about vampires would, of course, be like, that's a weird thing to say. Anybody who didn't know about vampires would be like, that is a good point. I guess I don't know any dogs like that. Yeah. But they don't really want to have this conversation with him, so. Exactly. So he calls Tyler an idiot. Tyler says, and you're a wasted douchebag. We all have faults. If you like the way I talk, then why am I on your mind? Ate him alive, I fear. (laughs) He got him there. Klaus did build his character. Yeah, say what you will. Jay says, want to say that a little louder? And then Matt tries to stop him. But Jay says, no, I think you just called me a douchebag. I just want to make sure. And he pushes Tyler. And Matt says, hey. Jay, I hate to say it, what you're doing right now, definition of a douchebag. If he said to me, do you want to say that a little louder? I'd be like, yeah, you're a wasted douchebag. <laughs> I know, I'd speak up. And I'm sorry, if you're getting this offended by someone calling you a douchebag, you've got your own fucking issues. Yeah, you're probably a douchebag. I mean, you're already on the fake cop squad. The fake volunteered cop squad, mind you. That's a pretty baseline level of douchebag off the top. <laughs> Jay laughs. Because he's like, this was all a joke the whole time. And he says, simmer. I'm just playing. You guys want beers? Jay leaves. And Matt says, sorry. In the woods, Elena is sitting with Caroline. Elena calls Stefan but gets his voicemail. And Caroline says, yeah, not answering is one of his new things. Elena says he said he was here to apologize. And Caroline says, yeah, lying. Also one of his new things. Stefan has a lot of new things. Matt and Tyler approach. And Elena says, have you guys seen Stefan? And Matt says, I didn't even know he was back. (laughs) <laughs> it's like, okay, you could have just said no. Yeah, no would suffice. Tyler says, okay, so you want to fill us in on what we're doing here? And and Elena's like, we're having a party? 
<laughs> Elena says, you guys don't remember this place? We used to sneak off here and get wasted while our parents were outside grilling. Granted, we all have a few less parents, but we can still have fun. She pulls out jello shots. Between the four of them, they have like one parent left. I mean, technically two, but, you know, Matt's mom has not been back in a long time. We also don't know what's up with Matt's dad. That's true. So anywhere from one to three parents. Tyler says, actually, I can't have a jello shot. I'm working on my rage issues and this wouldn't help. Responsible king. Sober icon. Matt says, yeah, my buddy's wasted and I have to train in the morning. So I'm not taking a jello shot either. And Elena says, okay, well, I don't want to sound like an alcoholic, but I do want a shot. So will someone do one with me? And Caroline says, yeah, I will. Duh. Me at every party. <laughs> they take the jello shot. And Caroline says, hmm. Well, here we are having fun. I'm having fun. Aren't we having fun? This is super fun. By the way, she says that you can tell she's not having fun because of her masterful acting. Yeah. Mind you, Elena brought like 20 jello shots. Yeah, because Elena thought they were all going to come out to this place and have so much fun because everyone should be in as good a mood as her. (laughs) But nope. Elena says, okay, clearly this is a big mistake. I just wanted to spend one afternoon where we pretend for just one second like we're not all drifting apart. And Caroline says, well, that's the problem, Elena. Not all of us are okay with pretending. Some of us prefer to face our problems head on. And Tyler says, okay, well, I think we should go. And he leaves with Matt. Yeah, because Tyler's like, okay, clearly this is about y'all. Yeah, I'm not doing this. He says, I just skipped the shot. So I'm definitely not going to listen to the aftershot conversation. Yeah. Elena says, what's going on? And Caroline says, I'm just lonely, okay? And Bonnie's gone and Stefan's gone and... Enzo, shocker, is a terrible murderous friend. And Elena says, I'm still here, Caroline. Well, girl, I don't know how to tell you this, but you don't really count right now. Caroline's like, I mean, only about 25% if I'm being generous. Yeah. Caroline says, yeah, you're still here. And she gets up and leaves. And Elena says, oh, take another shot. And and she sees that Caroline's I mean, she says, okay, not so much. Yeah, Caroline does not turn around. She's like, I'm not doing this. Yeah. We go back over to 1994 Mystic Falls. Bonnie and Damon are circling the pickup truck looking for the source of the motion. Bonnie says it was behind the pickup. And Damon says, no, it was in front. And she says, are you sure? And he says, absolutely. It was right there. And as he points, a tarp blows in the wind. And he says, oh, my God, it was a tarp. We saw a tarp. He's like, okay, we may be going a little crazy. (laughs) And then the carousel starts again. And Damon says, and that is on a timer that turned on by itself. And Bonnie says, yeah, but your car. And he says, I left it here in 1994. And she says, okay, and the crossword? And he says, you filled it out, Bonnie, which means we're alone. In my own hell, with no Graham's escape hatch, we're never getting out. And she says, okay, give me your ring. And he says, what? And she says, give me your ring. All I've heard you say is that you have no hope and that this is your hell. So if it's so bad, why don't you just end it? Hope is the only thing keeping me going, Damon. So if you're really done, if you have none, then be done. Because this isn't helping. Queen. And he notably does not take off his ring. Yeah. So he goes into the store to get some distance. And he goes to the alcohol aisle to get himself some bourbon. He grabs a bottle, but then he hears some crunching. And he says, hello. He walks toward the sound. Behind, you know, some umbrellas in the patio furniture section is a guy eating pork rinds. So this must be our new friend. This is our new friend who they're here with. He says, rough day, huh, Damon? Sorry, manners. I'm Kai. Nice to meet you. Pork grind? So this is Kai. 
This is Kai. And I said before we started the episode, again, of course, it's not on mic, so no way to prove this. But I said, no, I think the person there with them is Kai because we got to meet him soon. And so you've heard of the character Kai. Yes. Where have you heard of him? What have you heard about him? What are your expectations? So I will say I didn't know enough about him to know for sure this was him when I saw him. Yeah. So I don't know much. You don't know what he looks like. I knew he was like a brunette guy, but that was about it. Yeah. I thought he was going to look more like Kellen Lutz, if I'm honest. Okay. He's a little scrawnier than I expected. I do have a friend who loves him, just loves him as a character. And I know that he's kind of like a popular guy among the fandom, it appears. Because I've seen his name pop up, but I haven't really seen that much about him. So I know very little about the character himself. So you're assuming he's popular, though? I'm assuming he's popular. Okay. I don't think as popular as like Enzo, but I think popular okay what do you think people like about him his personality he's goofy goofy silly yeah we're gonna look at his imdb obviously kai is played by an actor named chris wood he has been in a number of things mostly what he's known for he's played like he-man in a couple things whatever Hmm. he's also known he was on supergirl for 47 episodes oh wow played a character named mon l which i think is from the planet supergirl's from whatever sure The Flash, same character as on Supergirl, obviously. He was on 13 episodes of a show called Containment. He was on one episode of Girls. Six episodes of The Carrie Diaries. Love that for him. Oh, fun. And that's kind of the highlights. But the most important thing about him to me is he is married to a celebrity who I know you know. Okay. Do you want to guess who? There was a big clue in his credits. In his credits. It's going to be easy to guess from that. Oh, Anna Sophia Robb? No. Oh, uh, Melissa Benoist. Melissa Benoist. Yes, who famously plays Supergirl and was on Glee. I got attached to the Carrie Diaries. Obviously. obviously. <laughs> yeah, he's married to Melissa Benoist. Okay. I, his name sounded kind of familiar, which I just chalked up to his name being Chris Wood. Yeah, exactly. There's not much there. He's giving so unbelievably cutie. Well, and his credits do paint a picture... Very different than, say, Jay. Yes. Who was on one episode of a bunch of things. So he's had irks. So it's not crazy to think he might be around for a little bit. Yes, it does bode well. Oh, he played... This is so interesting. He was in the first national tour of Spring Awakening. Maybe not the first national tour. He was in the national tour. I think he was Melchior. So he's a little bit of a singer boy, much like yes. his wifey. Anyway, he's giving very cutie. We love Chris Wood. And... I think we'll, we'll talk more about Kai throughout the rest of the episode because we get a lot to unpack about him as we go. Yeah. But I feel like, I mean, obviously I know you like Enzo, but I feel like what Enzo provides for me is what he will provide for you. Interesting. He just seems like you're kind of guy. I mean, I like Kai a lot, but that's an interesting comment. That's why I said it. <laughs> that's why I said it, because <laughs> that would be interesting. <laughs> we go over to the swimming hole. Elena is walking with Liam. Mind you, he has sneakers on, a polo, no swim trunks, and he's got the towel over his shoulder just so. This man never intended to swim. Yeah, he never moves that towel. It's like it's taped down. And these shorts are like plaid past the knee shorts. Row up. It is not 2009 anymore. You know, everybody saw that outfit at the hospital and they changed your nickname to Brag. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Elena says, you sure you're going to be able to find your way back home? Mind you, she drove him here. Is he going to call an Uber to Whitmore, a place that's an indeterminate distance away? 
that's his problem. She says, sorry, my friend Caroline is having a bit of a crisis. It's been a rough couple months for her. She's normally really sweet. And he says, you know, actually, I'm really glad I didn't meet her because it would have been awkward when I did this. And he kisses her and it's like, boo. It's like, just nothing. But it still remains the second worst couple that we'll see this episode. Yeah, exactly. I'm shipping them more than I'm shipping Tyler and Liv. That's for sure. Alana says, kissing a girl who's trying to set you up with her best friend, red flag. And he says, maybe, but I have a sneaking suspicion that that's your type, you know, since you've been flirting with me all day. Yeah. And he leaves. She smiles. She's into it. She's like, you know what? Yeah, I do like stealing boys from Caroline. Yeah, she's like, this works for me. Then we go out to the woods. Enzo is walking up with two bags of ice. True boyfriend material. Yes, he's giving so boyfriend. He hears a sound, and then all of a sudden, a stake goes into the ice. And Enzo says, that was Caroline's ice. He's like, don't do that to Caroline's ice. Do whatever you want to me, but not to Caroline's ice. (laughs) Stefan says, yeah, well, you'll be dead, so I think she'll let you off the hook. Stefan, I need you to take a second to determine if this is necessary. A, I need you to take a step back and think, what am I killing Enzo for, really? But also take a step back and think, why am I talking to him? Why don't I just throw a stake so that he can't fight me because unfortunately Stefan goes to fight Enzo and Enzo knocks Stefan over with a bag of ice. Yeah. Whenever they're fighting in the woods, it's like, how are you not stabbing each other with sticks? You're in the woods. Yeah. Enzo says, I don't want to kill you, Stefan. And he grabs the stake out of the ice and he throws it past Stefan. And it goes into the neck of Jay. Who's got a big old gun. Yeah. Who's got not just any gun, a gun of wooden stakes. Mm -hmm. And Enzo says, but looks like he did. The plot thickens. We go back to the party. Caroline goes up to the drink table and notices the cooler is empty. And she says, I thought I told Enzo to get more ice. And the girl next to her, for no reason, says, did you do it in that tone? Because I think I know why he didn't. Girl, mind your own fucking business. She wasn't even really talking to you. So just be like, "Mm," and then leave. So Caroline doesn't take kindly to this, of course. So Caroline says, congratulations. Now it's your job. She compels her and says, go get ice. And the girl goes. Jeremy approaches Caroline and says, aren't we supposed to be having fun? And Caroline says, is that why you brought your latest fling in a series of sad attempts to pretend like you don't care about Bonnie to have fun? And Jeremy says, okay, I'm going to go. Caroline's (laughs) like, no, I'm done being nice to y'all. Y'all are pissing me off too bad today. Caroline ended his life in just one moment. And then she gets a text from Enzo that says we have a problem. In the woods, we check in with Enzo and Stefan, and Enzo says, all right, cavalry's on their way, so why don't we put a pin in our little spat till this all gets sorted out? Instead, Stefan picks up the state gun that Jay brought and says, no thanks. And Enzo says, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, I just saved your life. Enzo's like, this is just stupid. Stefan says, oh, so you can give me a lifetime full of misery. Well, that's fine. I'm just going to shorten the lifetime. Caroline approaches and gets between the gun and Enzo and says, Stefan... And Enzo says, good news, Caroline, I thwarted a vampire hunter. Bad news, Stefan has become a vampire hunter. And Caroline says, what are you doing? And Stefan says, you know, why don't you ask him? And Stefan walks away and Caroline turns to Enzo and says, what did you do? And Stefan does notably bring the gun with him. Now let's take that gun from him. He's clearly not uh, in the mental state to be holding on to that. Yeah, the last thing that guy needs is a gun. (laughs) We go back to 1994 Mystic Falls. Ty is eating his pork rinds and he is rocking in a chair. And Damon says, that is going to have to stop. And Kai says, oh, you think this is annoying? Try listening to you and Bonnie bicker every five minutes. And Damon says, so you've been following us. And Kai says, of course I have. You are the closest thing I have to a TV. 
I mean, you know Baywatch, but remember Baywatch? And Damon says, no, I do not. First of all, how do you not remember Baywatch? Well, and it's 1994. There's no TV that you can find in this whole town. I'm sure there is. I'm sure he's just being goofy. Kai says, oh, man, you got to watch it. You like lifeguards, like hot ones? And Damon says, you know, it has been a monumentally bad day in a sea of bad days. So I'm going to need to know who you are, what you're doing here, and how it relates to me, or I'm going to rip your throat out. And Kai says, your temper's going to get you in trouble, Damon. It's already driven Bonnie away how many times? Oh, I know, 13. Damon says, you think my temper's bad with her? I like her. You, not so much. He quickly vampire runs to Kai and grabs Kai's collar. And Kai says, okay, sorry, seriously, seriously. I'm just like kind of rusty on the face-to-face human interactions. Damon drops him and says, answers, now. And Kai says, you know, maybe you should have a drink. It usually calms you down. Damon says, thanks. And Kai says, and then it makes you angry, then sad, then calm again. It's a weird cycle. So this whole four months, Kai's just been standing outside the Salvatore house, building stuff for this moment. He's banking information. Damon does grab a bottle to drink from, and Kai says, look, if you really want to know the reason I'm following you, it's because I want to kill you. But Damon has already started drinking, and it sizzles down his throat. It's Vervain, baby. We haven't seen someone drink Vervain in some time. Yeah. Kai says, Vervain in your bourbon. Who didn't see that one coming? (laughs) And that's fair. Damon coughs, and Kai says, who buys patio furniture from a grocery store? I mean, somebody must, otherwise it wouldn't be here. Now, I'm a little unfamiliar with vampires. And then he breaks an umbrella in half and says, but from what I've gathered, a stake in the heart should do it, right? Damon reaches for Kai, but Kai puts the stake in Damon's hand and then twists it. Owie. And Kai says, you always fight dirty, Damon. Like that time you and Bonnie played Monopoly and you stole from the bank. Not cool. He's just like me. (laughs) (laughs) Damon gets his hand free and says, I'm going to rip your head off. And Kai says, "Mm, no you're not and he uses the umbrella to hit a bunch of bottles off the shelf and they all hit Damon and sizzle and burn him and Kai says I didn't know which bottle you'd take so I've revained them all I was wondering I was like damn he really got the right bottle that Damon went to drink and I was like okay well that plan makes more sense it's actually so iconic of Kai to have revained every bottle of bourbon so now where in the hell is Damon gonna get bourbon Kai holds the umbrella up to stake him, but Bonnie has appeared and says, stay away from him. And Kai says, oh, good, the useless one is here. Thank God. I've watched you try to do magic for months now. What are you going to do, fail at me? It's embarrassing. I'm embarrassed for you. (laughs) He kind of got her. (laughs) He did kind of eat her up there. (laughs) Kai gets ready to stake Damon again, but Bonnie lights a candle. And Damon smiles, and Kai goes, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. And then Bonnie says, run, and Damon vampire runs away. Bonnie says, Fesmatos incendia. The alcohol on the ground all lights on fire. And Kai says, okay. And he puts the umbrella down and holds his hands up. (laughs) And Bonnie says, giving up so soon? I'm embarrassed for you. Damon knocks Kai out with the umbrella and says, sorry, I called you the most annoying person in the world. I hadn't met him yet. And they smile. (laughs) We go over to Matt's truck in the woods. Matt and Tyler are loading up kegs. And Tyler says, was that always dented? Matt says, what does it matter? It's a keg. (laughs) <laughs> and Tyler says, Liv lent them to me, man. And Matt says, oh, is that when you lent Liv your manhood? What? That's just common courtesy. He's so giving incel in that line. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, okay, it's a college bro that lent them. I, I'm sure you're not the first to return it with a dent in it. Yeah. I think it'll be okay. 
Tyler says, just lift the damn thing. And then Enzo appears and he says, actually, don't. I am in desperate need of an empty truck bed. And then he lays Jay down in the truck bed. And Tyler says, hey, Matt, isn't this your friend Jay? And Matt looks at Enzo and says, what the hell did you do? And Enzo says, I avoided the stake he planned to fire at Stefan and me. And Matt says, stake? And Enzo says, oh, you didn't realize your friend was a vampire hunter? Well, you do now. Yeah, and so it's like, I can't believe I have to deal with you two. You had no suspicions about this dude? <laughs> Matt says, no, that's not possible. And Enzo says, yeah, it actually is. And as much as I'd like to watch you process what I'm sure is a dreadful revelation, I need to bury the body. Tyler gives Enzo the keys to Matt's truck and says, like, just get out of here. And Matt says, my truck. Matt says, so I don't get my truck today either? Yeah. We go out to the woods. Caroline calls out to Stefan. Uh, he tries to run away, super mature, but she stops him. And she says, I'm sorry, I did not know about Ivy. But And Stefan says, but what? I was fooling myself. I was using her as an escape. Well, I mean, you said it. I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head. It's funny how much we can know about ourselves without really realizing it, isn't it? It is. He says, I know what you think, Caroline. And she says, actually, I was going to say killing Enzo won't bring her back. And Stefan says, no, but it'll stop him from reminding me of my brother. I kill him, I can leave this place, and I can start over again. And Caroline says, so that's why you left all those messages on my phone promising apologies. That's why you visited Elena. That's why you came to this party, just to kill Enzo and start over? He says, yep. He says, mm, pretty much. She says, I don't believe you. I know a part of you misses this place and these people who are your friends. I know being back here reminds you how much we need you, how much I need you. But if I'm wrong, then go ahead. Go start over. But if I'm right, if just a little part of you came back to check on Elena, who's had an unbearable four months, or Lurik, who just came back from the dead, or me, if even just a small part of you came back to check on me, then stay. And I mean, I think Caroline hits the nail on the head here because obviously, like, killing Enzo is an actionable item that gives him an excuse to be here. But if he didn't care about any of these people and he didn't want to come back, he would have turned off his humanity. Yeah. But he doesn't want to do that. Or he would have, you know, let the Enzo perk go because he's trying to move on so bad. Yeah. You've run from people before. You could run from Enzo if you really wanted to. But you don't. Exactly. He leaves. Caroline cries. Elena has been watching who knows how much of this from the woods. (laughs) And Caroline, like, smiles at her through the tears. And then Elena hugs her. Candace King is giving, you know, she has this like five to 10 second long shot on her face where she is just going through every emotion imaginable. And so we have to say Candace King, Emmy, when? Yeah. In this hug, Nina Dobrev said it's your turn for an Emmy nomination, girly. I'm passing the torch, even though I haven't gotten one yet. (laughs) We go over to the swimming hole. The party is still going, by the way. Jeremy is at the drink table with the girl Caroline compelled to get more ice. And Jeremy says, weren't you getting ice? (laughs) (laughs) weren't you ice girl she says i was until i realized how mean that girl was to me and jeremy says how'd you realize (laughs) jeremy's like how'd you get there (laughs) she says i have self-respect it might have taken me till i was halfway to the sip and serve to realize it but i have it jeremy says wait halfway to the sip and serve where is that specifically he said which (laughs) sip and serve (laughs) she says i don't know around route 13 when you get into mystic falls sorry about your warm booze this actress ate this part up. <laughs> she, yes, yeah, she is coming for all their necks. 
She's just a random girl here. She's like, no, I got shit to say to you guys. We don't even get her name. Someone set her up with Stefan. I think she could figure this shit out. (laughs) Yeah, she could fix him. Jeremy approaches Elena and Caroline and says, have you guys seen Sarah? And Elena says, no, why? And Jeremy says, there's no ice. And Elena says, I think you'll live, Jeremy. Yeah, Elena's like, don't be so dramatic. And Jeremy says, Caroline compelled that girl to get ice. She didn't. And Caroline says, why not? Is she on Vervain? And Jeremy says, no. She had to go into Mystic Falls to get it. She had to cross the border. And for the first time, Caroline says, oh my God, compulsion is magic. Yeah, and this was crazy. I was like, I can't believe I didn't think of this. I know, it is kind of crazy that you don't think of it. Because we just all relied on compulsion so much since season one. Jeremy says, which means every memory you compelled away came back. So Sarah, the girl you attacked and you compelled, Elena says, knows what I am. So maybe you shouldn't have been just attacking random bitches outside the border of Mystic Falls, huh, Elena? Ain't that a lesson. Then we go over to 1994 Mystic Falls, specifically the Salvatore house. Kai wakes up tied to a chair. Damon is looking into the fire and eating pork rinds. And he says, good, you're awake. Now for the Q&A portion of the evening. And Kai says, let me guess. I answer right, I get a pork rind. Wrong, I get a poker. And Damon says, no, the pork rinds are for me. You just get the poker. Damon says, you don't get any pork rinds. (laughs) There's not going to be any pork rinds, you stupid slut. (laughs) Kai says, you know, you don't have to do that. We're on the same team. And Bonnie says, really? Do you always try to kill your teammates? And Kai says, the important thing is you have your magic back. It worked. And they all look at him. Like, what? Yeah, because Kai's like, you're welcome. (laughs) He says, you didn't really think I'd kill Damon, did you? In what universe does that make sense? Who would kill one third of our population? I'm not a monster. I knew Bonnie would show up. She always comes back all 13 times. And I knew with the right motivation, she'd be able to access her magic. Although I did get a little worried with all your bickering that Damon's life wouldn't be enough motivation. Turns out it was. Guess that's just how you two show your love. He's like, you guys have a really interesting friendship. Yeah, I'm really enjoying watching it. What do you make of this? Do you think he's telling the truth that he was just focused on getting Bonnie's magic back? Yeah, because I mean, I think he's stuck here, Mm -hmm. you know, depending on kind of what his place is in the world. And I'll have some, you know, theories on that, of course. It's not clear if he can get out of here on his own. So if he knows someone could potentially do magic, might as well force it out, you know? Sure. Who knows how long he's been here alone? Mm-hmm. It's got to work with something. Bonnie says, you did all that just to make sure I would have my magic. And Kai says, of course I did, because your magic is the key to getting the hell out of here. So let's talk more broadly about Kai. Mm-hmm. Why is he here? How long has he been here? Why can't he get out by himself? Elaborate. So I think the reason he can't get out by himself is that he is not a witch. Do you think he's anything or do you think he's human? I think he's most likely supernatural just because this is like a realm that was probably created supernaturally. You know, we have to assume he's not a vampire because he dealt with all this fucking vervain. We have to assume he's not a witch because if he was a witch, he would be working on the magic to get out here. So I think, I mean, we have to raise the werewolf possibility. We haven't had another werewolf in a while. And look, it's only a matter of time before Tyler kills someone again. And triggers that curse. Let's all be so serious. Let's be honest. So he could use a little werewolf friend. I think the other option is that there is somewhat of like 
a resurrection angel view of this. Okay. He kind of is giving Gertie an angel in a way that just standing and watching back. Okay. And then like helping Bonnie get her magic out. So I think we have to raise that possibility. Sure. Do you think all three of them are going to get out of here and enter into our real world? Or do you think he might end up being stuck here because of that kind of piece of it? No, I think all three will get out. I I think a lot of how that plays out is dependent on how he got here and how this world came to be. So let's talk about that. Why do you think Kai is here? And we are under the assumption that he's been alone since he got here. When did he get here? Why was he sent here? So I do think there are two possibilities of when this realm was formed. Okay. The first, May 10th, 1994, that it was formed as a result of the eclipse how exactly he got stuck in there. They, there may have been some spell linked to the eclipse or something like that. The other option is that it was formed when Grams created it four months ago, whatever. And maybe it was that like he was just a guy who was stuck on the other side who then ended up in this world. There may be some connection to the eclipse, to Mystic Falls that he has that we just don't know about yet. So do you think he got put here on purpose or on accident? I think if it formed in 1994 on purpose, if it formed more recently on accident. So what would have been the purpose in 1994? Maybe some punishment for something. Like what? Maybe he, I don't know, like went against witches in some way. Sure. He angered a witch somehow. I do think it has to be connected to the date because, I mean, although Damon seems to have some connection to this date, this one guy being in a world when an eclipse happened. I mean, I think that eclipse is a big clue in terms of magical power. Sure. I think so too. Because yeah, I mean, pissing off a witch, like people piss off witches all the time, but they don't get their own world to be alone in. Well, he pissed off the wrong witch. I mean, do you maybe (laughs) think it was more than that? I think there's probably more to it than that. You know, there is potential too that he was a witch and he like went against balance and then They took his powers away and put him in a place where he, like, can't do magic. I mean, he does have an army green jacket. He could be a traveler. No. No, we're done with He's too hot and sexy. (laughs) He washed his hair too recently. Yeah. (laughs) But I think there's a potential that, like, you know, witches can still have their own internal fights. I think he's more likely somehow connected to resurrection. And there may be, that's the other thing. We know there was an anchor to the other side. There may be some anchor to like peace or to where the wind was going. Sure. And the anchors both got stuck here and dragged Damon with one. That makes sense. I think because we have brought up this resurrection theme with Alaric's little speech, like I think that brings up the possibility of this like guardian angel anchor version thing. Sure. That's an interesting point. As far as like overarching arc, do you think Kai will be with us for a while Do you think he will, like, integrate into the group? And who do you think he's going to hit it off with? Do you think he's going to date anybody? I think he is going to be with the group for a little bit. I think at least a season. Okay. After that, I'm not 100%. But also, he shows up late in the show. So there's no way for, like, I don't feel as confident about, like, he can't last forever because there's not actually that much time left to last, to be completely fair. I do feel like he and Caroline could vibe. I think he and Caroline could either vibe or completely hate each other. Interesting. You know, I, I think he and Bonnie could like become more friendly. If if not another love triangle, you know, I've been more Benzo, but I could see Bonnie and Kai kind of hitting it off in a way. 
So I think he's going to be more friendly with Caroline and Bonnie. I do think Damon, it's a little iffy how their friendship's going to work out. I can't imagine Stefan's going to like him. Fair enough. You know, Stefan doesn't have that uh, ability to let things roll off his back in yeah. a way that I think he would need to be to be Kai's friend. Yeah. And I think in the same way, I don't know that Elena's going to love this situation. He, this resurrection angel direction is correct. He may kind of like, I don't want to say bond with Alert because I don't think he and Alert could be friends. Sure. But I do think they could work well as allies. Maybe help each other through the coming back from the dead thing. Yeah. Interesting. We go out to the woods. Matt and Tyler are debriefing about, you know, the events of the day. And Tyler says, you know, maybe this is an isolated thing. Jay could be working alone. And Matt says, yeah, maybe Jay, who I've known since I was 10, somehow became a vampire hunter on his own. I'm such an idiot. I spent all summer training with a founding family member, thinking he was only worried about protecting old ladies from getting mugged. Yeah, you are an idiot. I mean, that was pretty stupid. To be fair, you didn't know he was a founding family member until last week. But that doesn't make you that much less of an idiot. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty dumb. This also must be a little bit painful for him because he is now realizing, like, he seemed like he was kind of Tripp's favorite. Yeah. And now he's realizing, oh, he's bottom of the barrel on this community squad. He's not getting paid. He's not even liked by his boss. Yeah, he's not even in on the actual purpose of the community squad. He's just been going on runs and thinking it was fun. Yeah. Liv drives up. She drives a Jeep, red Jeep. She says, because this is how I wanted to spend my Saturday night. Load him up. It's like, okay, girl, I need you to shut up. You got here. Like, you already showed up. So, like, the whole, like, I don't want to be here. You can't play that card anymore. You're here. If you didn't want to be here, you would have said, I'm not free right now. Yeah. And also, you can tell, like, you can see that Matt, who you don't know, by the way, but still, I guess who you barely know. You kind of know. Yeah. You can see he's crying. And you can see they're abandoned in the woods with no car. So do you think they're in great moods? Yeah. Do you think this night went well for them? Yeah. She says, what happened to your truck anyway? And Matt says, it's a little complicated. And Tyler says, look, I got this dude. See you in a bit. He grabs a keg. Matt leaves. Walks home, I guess. Yeah, because he's not dealing with these two. I'd rather walk home than deal with these two. Yeah, me too. Liv says maybe one of her most obnoxious lines ever. She says, you know, sad jocks are kind of like sad clowns. They're pathetic, but kind of hilarious. What? I literally like tuned her out because I was like, girl (laughs) why are you talking like this the anti-jock thing you're in college it's over you gotta get past that (laughs) first of all there's not even that many jocks in college and like and to call tyler a jock in college is honestly insulting to the actual team because again he's only on the practice squad he's not even on the football team if he were jock he'd at least get gameplay yeah tyler says not in the mood live and she says that sounded like a threat girl again he's obviously in the mood Tyler says, nope, just a request. Staying very calm. She magically knocks a keg over and says, oops. He goes for it again. It's so the bitch stealing a boy's hat. Yes. I can't do it. I can't. She He goes for the keg again and she magically pushes it away some more. His anger is Tyler, finally. <laughs> because the second time she does it, she rolls it kind of far and he looks like a dumbass chasing after it. I would have been pissed. It is literally like when you've had a bad day and you drop your keys. Like that will push you over the edge. (laughs) But then there's this person who's actively moving your keys away from you. Yeah. I would have killed her. I fear. I would have been a werewolf. If my day was bad enough. (laughs) Tyler goes up and like pins her to the car and it's like, okay. Like, okay, are we supposed to think this is sexy? Because I don't. (laughs) 
he says, is this what you want? You want to see me break? And she says, I mean, again, she is trying her darndest with these lines, but they make her say the stupidest shit. Yeah. She says, you're right. I'm sorry. It's just easier for me if you're an aggressive, unlikable dick. And he says, why? And she says, so I don't have to worry about falling for you. Even she sounds exasperated saying this line. Gag. 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 Give me some real enemies to lovers. I know you guys are capable of it. This is not what I wanted. Yeah, we thought that forward was the worst thing they could do to Tyler. No. Liv pushes away from him and gets in her car. She literally pushes him away with her boobs, too. It's kind of a serve. <laughs> She's so <laughs> icon for that. <laughs> it's the best thing she does this whole scene. <laughs> we go over to the Salvatore house. Jeremy has returned home after the party. There's a bunch of stuff like strewn about. So Jeremy's on the phone with Elena and says, I checked every room. Sarah is gone and it looks like she trashed the place. Which, like, why'd you do that, girl? Just leave. Trash the place? I think she was looking for something. Interesting. Because not she's just going to trash a house for no reason. Yeah, and she has nowhere else to stay. Yeah. Elena says, okay, Caroline and I will search near the border then. And Jeremy says, I'll keep looking in town. I'll call if I find anything. And he hangs up. We go over to Whitmore and Caroline comes into the dorm room with Elena and she says, okay, so I was just going to leave my clothes here while we look, if that's okay. And Elena says, of course. Because mind you, Elena lives alone in this dorm room right now. This same huge ass dorm room. She finessed it. Yeah. She definitely compelled her way into that one. And you know what? Good for her. Caroline says, I also was thinking that, you know, if there are vampire hunters on the loose, then living alone right by their home base is probably not a good idea. She had this apartment for two weeks. (laughs) This poor girl. Elena says, is this an official unpack? Because your moving methods are confusing. And Caroline says, yes, this is an official unpack. Sorry, I got mad at you earlier. Sometimes it just seems like you have this secret way to move on. And Caroline knows she does. Yeah, Caroline's like, except it's not a secret to me. It's a secret to you. Yeah. (laughs) She picks up a shirt and says, like, is this? And Elena says, Bonnie's. Yeah. There you go. You just discovered my secret to moving on. Sometimes I don't. And it's like, you kept one of Bonnie's shirts. That's normal. Yeah, it's like, that's a completely normal way to do it. You think Caroline hasn't tried that? Yeah. Caroline hugs Elena and says, I miss Bonnie. I miss Mystic Falls. I miss her old life. I miss, and Elena says, Stefan. And Caroline says, okay, yeah, yeah, I miss Stefan. And Elena says, Caroline, you and Stefan, do you have feelings for him or something? Where have you been? Elena had to clear out like half of her memories to make room for enough empathy to figure this one out. Like (laughs) it is insane. She's like, I can't believe I'm just thinking of this girl. Girl, these whispers have been here since season four. It's true. It's been over a year. Caroline says, yeah, I think maybe I did because she's over it now. Yeah. Elena took so long to figure this out that Caroline has admitted it to herself. Yeah, like, Caroline says, well, we should go ahead and find that girl before she outs us. And they go. We go over to the diner. Enzo comes in and he sits at the bar with Trip. So already we know where that's going. It's like, oh, boo. Trip says rough night. And Enzo says nothing a piece of pie can't fix. Service would be lovely, though. As though he hasn't eaten all the waitresses here. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, yeah, I think I know why the service is bad. (laughs) Trip says, my fault. Sorry. I sent everyone home for the night. With what authority? Can you imagine you work at a diner and some guy walks in and says, you can go home. And you're like, uh, you're not my boss. And these girls must hate working here because they said, you know what? Say no more. <laughs> he has a syringe in his hand and Trip says, can't have you killing any more of the wait staff. And he injects Enzo with the syringe. And at first, Enzo appears to be weakened. 
And Trip, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, I served. He says, consider being more discreet when you feed. You never know whose eyes are watching. Enzo, meanwhile, has not been knocked out. And Enzo says, you know, I bet this normally works, doesn't it? Knocks vampires right out. See, I'm a bit different than a normal vampire. I can fight the Vervain. Not for long, but he grabs Trip, lifts him by the neck, and says, long enough to take care of you. And then Enzo gets shot by two stakes. From the stake gun, he falls, and we can see it's Stefan's dumb ass. I was mad, 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 mad. And the thing about this that's so particularly disappointing is like Stefan. Even if you want to leave town and you want Enzo dead, and I understand both of those things, by the way, <laughs> what good is it for you? Why don't you just let Enzo kill Trip? Yeah. And then you can kill Enzo with the state gun you have. I mean, I don't think you should kill Enzo, by the way. Yeah. But, but if that's really what you're so attached to doing. Why do you want to keep the vampire hunter alive? Even if you don't live in this town, your friends do. And even if you're like, oh, I'm not really friends with any of them right now, you're friends with Elena. Do you want Elena to die? Like, why do you want a vampire hunter around? Because also, let's not act like he might never figure out you're a vampire. Yeah, it's not going to be that difficult. I mean, he is a fell, so you probably have a good chunk of time. Let's be serious. Yeah, they're not the brightest. But your name is Stefan Salvatore, and you've got 1800s face. I mean, it's a dead giveaway. And this is another case of should have snapped the neck immediately, Enzo. But also, Enzo just came in for a slice of pie. Yeah. And he didn't think guy who is like so fucking dramatic about everything was going to shoot him with a state gun it's unnecessary yeah and he's not threatened by trip so he's in no rush so anyway stefan says found this on one of your guys i think he killed him though and trip says who are you and stefan says stefan salvatore you and i have something in common and trip has the biggest smile on his face and he says one of the founding families thank you i want to know who the hell Trip got any information on this town from did he just move back and not ask anyone anything because even Logan Fell knew Stefan was a vampire yeah every Fell that we've met has known that eventually so he must be really on the outs in the Fell family I mean you got to be a pretty big dummy for the Fell family to not interact with you and also because again if you're like into being the founding family. I assume you've read some of the ledgers. The name Stefan Salvatore has never come up. Now, yes, it could be a, you know, passed down name, but it's something that I would hope that you weren't, well, I wouldn't hope, but I would think you weren't stupid enough to believe, but, you know. But again, he did just like shoot a vampire. So that gives him some credibility. Yeah. I wish he didn't do that though. It is like a classic old founding family town council thing. That's like, as soon as someone shoots a vampire, they're like, well, they can't be a vampire. They just shot one. <laughs> and I've definitely seen that guy in the daytime. Yeah. Stefan gets ready to kill Enzo with the state gun. And Trip says, actually, if you don't mind, I have my own way. I like them to die. Yeah. Give him more opportunities to escape. Super smart. Yeah. Super smart. Just kill him now. Stefan gives him the gun and says, yeah, just make sure it's painful. Whatever. And to be fair, Trip doesn't know that Enzo has escaped captivity before, but Stefan does. Yeah. Stefan should be like, no, this guy's really good at getting out of captivity. We're going to want to kill him right now. Well, even if he doesn't want to say that, he can just say, "Mm, I would feel better if I killed him right now. Vampires are crafty. Or just kill him right now. You have the gun. Trip doesn't. And say, oops. And then kill Trip, honestly. What do you need Trip for? And then you get some blood. Mr. Ripper. Be a Ripper then. It's better than whatever the fuck you're doing right now. Yeah. And that is where we end the episode. So 
do you think Enzo is going to get out of this one? Yeah. Okay. Because Enzo has the combination of strength, mental strength, because he's been tortured many times before. He knows how to like look for his moment. He knows how to hold on to hope and not give up. It's not that hard to break out of a van. And especially because he knows what's happening if he doesn't. Like, I think a lot of these other vampires, they are in the van, like, whatever, we'll figure out something once we get to where he's holding us captive, you know? But Enzo knows about the border. Yeah. So that gives him a leg up. Yeah. That brings us to the end of this week's episode. As always, if you are enjoying Doppelgangers, please tell your friends and give us five stars rating and review on Apple and Spotify podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. Until next week, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.